Welcome everyone to the C-Suite Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And we've got on a, a rare combination of experience today in Charlie Riley. Charlie, you've you've had 20 plus years in marketing. You're you're currently working for an insurance tech company, Send. Um, you've got a ton of really good sales background too. You're overseeing BDR team at Send. You've overseen, you know, outbound sales or outside sales, uh, sales operations. So what we're going to be talking about today is the importance of internal marketing. And that's really kind of the glue between the internal departments and why that's so important. And so I think that's, it's really important your background in there. And just to put a little icing on top of that cake, you were actually named as one of the top 50 marketing influencers to follow. And so I think what you have to say is important. And what I'll do is I, I, I probably took all of your thunder there, but if there's anything else that you want to say a little bit about your background and what you're doing at Send here, um, now's the time. And then we're going to kind of launch into the core subject matter. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm not sure how much the actual thunder I really have, but um, I appreciate the intro and, and the invite. It's, been, it's great to talk about B2B marketing and just uh, and, and kind of a topic that I've been very passionate about is in, internal marketing. And we can get into that a little bit, but yeah, I joined Send. We're an insurtech SaaS uh, startup. Uh, started in the UK, so it's a it's a London-based company, but they were trying to expand into North America. And so, uh, great great team already. Uh, CMO that was already in in London has done an awesome job. But I joined to help grow the marketing side and the awareness in in North America. And so it's uh, um, yeah, that kind of extends what I've done for twenty plus years now. I've been first marketing hire several times. I've worked in across a number of industries. So um, I've always sort of been on the the marketing side, but over the last probably eight or so years, I've uh, been fortunate to help uh, lead, lead sales in the sense that everything drives up to one revenue goal. And so, um, yeah, my, it's been an interesting career to be able to, um, to kind of just see different industries and to find ways to, uh, to tell, tell better stories. Now, Let's just start off right away here, right? I mean, it, it's obviously in marketing, we're, we're tasked with, you know, lead generation, you know, deep pipeline penetration, creating revenues. So that obviously, it, it puts our focus on external marketing. But one of your thoughts here is that internal marketing is super important, maybe even as important as external marketing. Can you just kind of, Tell us a little bit about what you think about what's driving the importance of internal marketing in your mind and the overall success of the company. Yeah, like, like you've, like we talked about before, I think internal marketing sometimes can be more uh, beneficial than, than the external stuff. Because you're right, a marketer has to snorkel across a whole different range of, of functions and, and they really have to know a little bit of everything and possibly deep dive into a couple areas. They're really, they have their, a footprint or a handprint on a lot of different departments, be that HR from a recruiting standpoint and the, the external brand that's out there to product and really having to understand. And I think that that evolution of what that means, product marketing, but it's, it's, it's been a function for a long time of really telling, uh, you know, understanding what the product does and, and putting that into a format that that's understandable and easy to digest for, for a customer to crossing over with their, their compadres on the sales side. And it's, you know, there's always been the yin and the yang of 
you know, do they work well together? Do they work, uh, they different functions, but at the end of the day, they both contribute to driving revenue, um, and to driving growth. And so, yeah, a marketer really has to understand finance. You, you spend more time in spreadsheets now than maybe on a, in a creative deck. So you really have to understand all the parts of the business and inherently as a marketer, you're probably one of the maybe better communicators within an organization. And it's maybe sometimes not uh, given to you as a role, but uh, it might be one of those areas that you need to take charge and help bridge some gaps across departments. Because a lot of times everybody can be head down working on, you know, everyone's busy. You know, I hate to say that. I hate using that term because everyone's got a lot to do. But when you're head down in your own work, if you're on the product side or if you're on uh, UX side, or if you're a salesperson, you're, you may be focused on what your core task is, and you may not be aware of what's going on in other places. You may not be aware of some of the wins that we can champion. So there has to be a conduit between that. And a lot of times there may not be that function or even a dedicated role to that where uh, a marketer who is an inherent communicator or should be an inherent communicator should be able to help tell those stories and, and it, and kind of bridge some of those gaps to be able to just all work cohesively. So sometimes understanding the importance is looking at it from the opposite perspective. I mean, tell us a little bit about, you know, what happens when departments are working in silos, right? And they're not working together and you're not bridging that gap. What are the biggest things that you see that, that falls, falls by the wayside? Yeah, I've seen this in previous examples. Uh, you, you've got a customer service team that's not sharing the feedback to the sales team or to the marketing team. So they may not be able to create marketing materials that address a problem because if a marketing team is creating a campaign and they use whatever information they have to base off of what that, that message is, but if customer service comes back and says, actually, our customers are actually saying this or their, their main problem is this and we thought it was this, then there's a disconnect there and you're wasting a lot of dollars on a marketing campaign that is not going to hit. Same thing with sales. If, if marketing is trying to create a demand gen and they're getting leads coming in, but they're the wrong type of leads and sales doesn't communicate why that ICP is, is incorrect or why the type of person who's following up and, and submitting a form isn't the right type of, of audience, then again, you're just wasting a lot of money and time and frustration for that sales team. So there should be constant communication back and forth. The salesperson should be inviting a marketing person to be sitting in on a call or, 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 um, or a, a sales pitch to be able to hear the terminology that's used. So those are maybe just a few examples. Same, same thing with product. Product might be building something in a vacuum, but if customer support and sales and marketing is saying, hey, nobody's asking for that, there's probably a lot of time being wasted when uh, you could save a lot of time and money if, if they were just talking about that in the, in the first place. So bridging that gap, when you talk about internal marketing, you're not just talking about coordination, right? You're actually talking about like a, a communications plan, really, internally, right? And tell me what's the difference between just getting people to talk, right? But actually having a plan for that. And, and, and I'd love for you to talk about, because there's an age old debate and we talked about this before we hit the record button on like, where does the BDR team fit, right? It's under marketing in your company. It's under you, 
right? So that's because there is a role for marketing to help facilitate that function, right? Just tell me about how these departments are set together, how you think about communicating through these departments that would make it, you know, an internal marketing function or campaign. Yeah, those are two, maybe I'll, I'll approach those in two different angles because I think that there, there may be two different stories there. Um, BDRs, uh, they're, they're the face, they're the first touch point potentially from your organization from an outbound standpoint um, or potentially inbound and taking on that, that, that approach. So it, there's an age-old debate. Does that sit under marketing? Does that sit under sales? And maybe in a more mature organization that, that, might, that probably does reside under sales in a, in a better alignment there. Um, however, we, we were building that function from scratch and we've seen success with it already. And that message that we were iterating with, trying to build a playbook with, that aligns better with the outbound campaigns that you're doing from a marketing standpoint, the sequences, the messaging, the testing and iteration with that. So in our sense, we thought that made a lot of sense. And I think you can argue um, both ways, I think, where that, that, that's, that role might reside. Um, at the end of the day, there should be cohesion between uh, a sales position and a marketing position in that you're eventually, you're, you have the same goal. You're trying to get new revenue or retain revenue uh, with the right audience. And so how you approach that, there, there's different channels of how you're going to do that. And you shouldn't rely on just one channel. So in our opinion, we thought that that was the right approach. I think back to your first question, um, there's two parts to that. There's the execution. So yes, do you have a plan? Do you have a regular cadence? How do you make sure that you're inviting people? To, like that's very tactical. But to do this right, and it takes time to do this, you need to have and build a philosophy within an organization where people feel empowered and the desire to share that information because it's going to help the greater good. And so if you have a salesperson who realizes, hey, I need to share that feedback back with marketing. And it's not going to be critical like, hey, your ads were terrible. It's going to be, hey, I just had this really great sales call. They're probably not a fit, but here's why. Here's what they told me. That's constructive criticism. That's going to help everybody out. And they should feel that that's their job to be able to provide that because we're all going to get better. If there's, you know, they don't need to be incentivized for that. Um, however, they should, that should be a philosophy. And it does take time. It takes time for people to think, Hey, I should spend, I should take time out of my day to call someone on the product team and help give them some feedback or create a loom video to, you know, to give them that feedback in a visual format that takes time out of someone's job. But if they realize that that's all going to help with the, in the greater good, um, that's where the tactical stuff just becomes second nature. And so, you know, over in the beginning, you do have to put things in place. It's, it's how do you figure out how the executive team provides, uh, you know, quarterly feedback or, or those, the, the, um, you know, round tables, how do you, how do you proactively ask for that information? But over time, it's just going to be inherently part of your culture where people are, are open to giving feedback and they understand why giving feedback across departments is going to help. So you just mentioned the C-suite there. And I, I imagine that creating culture, right? It's, you know, if you don't have buy-in from the C-suite, you're not going to have it as culture in the company, right? So how do you set these expectations with the C-suite so that this does become part of the culture of the company? Yeah. And again, you're, it, it takes time and you brought it up. Like if there's not buy-in at that level, um, it's going to be hard to execute something along those lines. I think, you know, at the end of the day, the C-suite 
looks at 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 a couple different metrics, and a lot of times that's going to be revenue or just you know certain improvement metrics. And when you can show them that a specific example of maybe feedback across departments has led to a change that's led to progression, um, light bulbs can go off. And if you can help them understand, you know, part of the job of being in that C-suite role, uh, you know, I, I've been in that that situation where you're looked upon to provide um, your firsthand knowledge of, of of why that's important, and and so that's got to be. Hey, I spent time with this with the CFO, and we really talked through what a marketing budget looks like. So you can share that down with the rest of your team, so they can realize that hey, that's not just a cost suck. It's actually it's it's an investment, and here's why we're investing in these marketing channels, and really help a CFO to maybe understand that versus them just having an assumption that oh, all we're doing is wasting money. We don't know where it's going. So if you can put yourself in their shoes and help them understand, hey, I can, I can understand what your assumption might be, but let me break that down for you. Let me help you understand um, what we do on a day-to-day basis. Because the other, the other part as a marketing leader is you need to market up to the C-suite because you should never assume that they understand what marketing does and what the day-to-day looks like. And, and they may not be asking the questions. They may not want to go deep into something if they're not educated on that topic. So they might nod their head and say, oh, okay, these, these metrics, they, they look great, but they might be sitting back and saying, well, well what, what, what does that really mean? And so part of your job as a marketer, because as we talked about in the beginning, you, you, you swim across so many different functions and you're, you're asked to kind of jump in and out of different roles. Um, you do have to educate of what your role uh, really means, especially if it's a new function to the organization. And you have to continually do that. It's not just, you can't do it once the first week that you're there and say, oh, they, everyone understands what marketing is. No, you have to continually build case studies internally to help someone understand, here's what we did. Here's, we made a tweak on the website. Here's what it related to. Here's how that impacts your department. Here's how that impacts the overall revenue of the company. Um, here's how that impacts, uh, you know, something that you may not have thought about. And that's why, you know, there's a couple parts to that internal education, selling up to the C-suite, but then also helping the C-suite buy into, let's disseminate information across and let's show our teams that we are working across departments. We as the C-suite are, are having those conversations frequently. We're championing our teams to invite others into those meetings. Um, that's going to build a culture. I, I love the idea of even thinking about creating internal case studies, right? We do that and, and we think about it on a you know ongoing basis in terms of absolutely we need that for part of the marketing to our, you know, our customer base, our prospects. But that's pretty important internally too. Um, and what you're talking about there, setting those expectations, it's also part of marketing's job to help set expectations for how working together across departments and partnering up is a case study in itself, right? And you you talk about literally partnering with sales. And what is it you mean by that in particular? Yeah, it's not a it's it's not oil and water. I mean, and I think, you know, there's the age-old marketing gives us terrible leads. Well, sales doesn't follow up on them. Well, like that's I don't think that that's actually true a lot of the time from what I've seen. I think you're both working towards the same goal of of new revenue or re- retained revenue to some degree. But 
you're working towards the same goal of that. And it's pretty hard to, to do that in a vacuum. Um, you know, if you're a marketing team and maybe there, there's probably examples there where great marketing can maybe drive enough leads and it's self-service. Okay. That's, that's an anomaly. I think marketing helps people understand what you do. It, it, it should break down maybe a complex topic or product or situation and help tell it in the right way that someone understands it and they realize I might need that. Uh, but that can only go so far. And then sales job at some point is to take that and to suss out, you know, all the, all the questions that in, in the, in the right manner of, uh, is this a good fit and how can we fit together? And, and how does this, what does this look like as a, as a relationship with a new customer? So there's different skill sets and they're different. They work very well together. They should partner together, but they are very different skill sets. And I think if you approach that from the standpoint of we're all trying to make each other better, we're not trying to be critical. And if we are providing feedback, again, like the example of, hey, these leads are not hitting. You're getting us great leads. You know, it's it's kind of like the sandwich model of great leads. Thank you for getting us, making us busy. However, these leads are not, it's not the right ICP we're trying to talk to, or we're, we're, getting, we're getting inquiries from the wrong geography. Is there something off there? Then it's like, how do we fix that and work together with that? So they should be partners. At the end of the day, they're all trying to work towards revenue. Um, and you've seen the evolution of that. Now there's a chief revenue officer in a lot of organizations and they, they, they're focused on both sales and marketing and they, they care about that. And so the more that you can think about the holistic approach of the flywheel of um, how you talk to a customer, attracting a customer and keeping a customer, they both have a big job at that. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting, like this, you talk about the role of the CRO and everything in sales and marketing, the lubricant for all these conversations, right. That we want to spark and then, and then sales follows up on and that, and that we keep helping with in marketing is it's all content, right. You know, it's all, what are they, how are we, I was talking to a CMO the other day and she was like, I think about it. Like, how do we steal time from our buyers? Right. You talk about like that word, we're all busy. Our buyers are no different, right? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to be worthy enough, earn the right to actually get in the mind of the customer, of the buyer, right? And, and have them spend some time with us. And, and that's about content. So what I'd love to talk to you about is what is your thinking about content and its importance, content used internally and content used externally? Yeah, I think whenever I've talked about content, I, I've reverted back to this idea of um, learning styles because everyone has a different learning style. So when you're creating content, both internally and externally, it has to fit the style of that, of, of someone, how they learn. And so when you think of internally, and we talked about case studies, you know, how do you, one, what's the execution of that? So making sure, again, you're building a culture for people to, for a light bulb to go off when you hear something. If you're in a, a sales review call, and again, maybe a, hopefully a marketer sitting in on that and they, they hear something like, oh, we had a great call because this prospect uh, found us this way. A light bulb should go off to say, well, wait, hold on, tell me more with that. Like, let's dig into that a little bit. And then you champion it. So maybe it's a Slack channel. Maybe it's a Teams channel. Maybe it's an internal newsletter that you do every, every week. In the past, I've done things like a Loom video recap of the week for the team just to understand like, hey, here's what we've been working on. And you find ways to champion it in there. 
Maybe that's bringing that up to the C-suite to say, hey, in our next all hands, here's a great example of what uh, a marketing nugget of information we got for marketing. We use that to build a campaign or an email or whatever that may be. Sales took it, ran with it, and that became a really great prospect. Let's champion both of those people that were contributing to that. All of a sudden, that just, one, people like to hear, like people like right. the praise of that internally. And then what happens with that is all of a sudden questions start getting asked afterwards. So at an all hands, the CEO delivers that. Next thing you know, someone across the team's like, hey, tell me more about that. Like what happened? How do we get that call? Like, what did that look like? How many times do you have to talk to them? All of a sudden that just starts these like collisions of different conversations happening. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Well, we've, we've heard that too. So maybe there's a trend here. So that's how you kind of get the ball rolling, I think. And so, but again, what, from a learning style standpoint, for visual learners, they might want that in a video. For, you know, for someone who wants the too long, didn't read version, it's, it's in a short uh, bulleted email, maybe at the end of the month, or maybe it's uh, delivered in, uh, in a different format. So I think if you correlate the internal communications and how you deliver that to the same way you do it externally, um, it's a lot of the same things. I think you just adapt the story differently for how the internal team needs to understand it, but also it has to be driven back to how does this impact my team? If I'm in the product team, how does this make my, my work on the product better? If it's on the finance team, how is this either saving us money or a really good investment and how can you prove that? So I think as long as you think about the different ways that you can, um, you can turn that back into how this improves their job, they're going to they're gonna understand that and then they're going to ask more questions about it. You know, you used, you used a term in there, which I love, which is you, start, you started talking about, you know, conversation collisions, like that that literally happen as a result of really good communication content storytelling internally. And there's a, a line that I just love that I, that I read from uh, an article on Forbes and they just say, content marketing solves problems, thought leadership, sparks conversations. And what you just talked about was really good internal communication that sparked interest in conversations. It's what we try to do with our buyers, right? But you just talked about it as we apply that same working model. How are we sparking more conversations internally, right? Because that's just getting people to talk. And that's getting ideas that are good and ideas spark new ideas. And, and therefore you're getting everybody, you know, you're getting there ramped up, but you're, you're fueling conversations, collaboration, and innovation throughout. Is that like a good takeaway from what you were just talking about there? Yeah, that's a great summary of it. I think, uh, for, for companies that are more face-to-face, -face, it's changed a little bit. Um, that's the, the, you know, the water cooler moment where someone, you know, they sit there, grab their water. And next thing you know, they just, they go off to a, a meeting room and, you know, maybe continue that conversation. You have to be more intentional with that when you're in a hybrid environment or, or a fully remote environment, because uh, you're on Zoom or Teams, and then you go off and you maybe don't have those extra few minutes. So there has to be intention in those types of companies. You have to intentionally book time with a different department. You have to intentionally invite somebody else in. Um, but there's also other ways to do that. You know, the lunch and learn type uh, thought leadership is great because rotate that around for every different department uh, within your organization and someone's going to learn something new. And so if it's 
product. You need to tell us about, uh, go through the product roadmap or how you built this product and who was involved in that. Someone from sales is going to understand. They're going to they're going to know a little bit more deeper about the product than they did before. Or someone from marketing is going to have an idea go off in their head to say, "Huh, like I can I got an idea for that of how we can market that." Or someone from HR is going to think, "Oh wow, we got this really great candidate who fits exactly like the types of things you, uh, of how you've built that." So you have to be intentional with that. But yeah, you you bring up a great point. I think those kind of conversations happen and you have to be intentional with it when you're remote first or when you're hybrid because you know we're a remote first company and it's great i think the flexibility is excellent but it is there is a something different when you are face to face and i think you also have to find ways to make that happen and so if you can figure out ways to get teams together especially if it's not just a functional team but maybe you're bringing in somebody else across different departments um who can bring a different perspective they might ask a question that you never thought of before because they're not in it day to day. Those are the types of things where, uh, you know, people step back for a second and go, oh, wow, I never thought of that. And then it just sparks other conversations. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the whole idea of sparking conversations and getting ideas, it's, that's what happens when we collaborate, we get together. And especially in a, in a world, your first remote, right? But most companies um, have, a good majority of their workforce, you know, remote these days. And so that then means you can't operate the the ability or or the working in silos as departments was a problem when we were all working together. It's probably a bigger problem now that we're we're remote, right? So internal marketing means you have to have a plan to have people communicate and collaborate and Therefore, ideate and, and innovate. And so my takeaway from everything you've been talking about here today is we have to be intentional. That's the meaning behind an internal marketing program, right? Is we have to be intentional, intentional about bringing all of that and all those benefits together. Yes. And I think there's ways to simplify that. AI does a great job now of summarizing meetings. So, you know, that might be a resource where you can distribute those uh, thoughts or notes, you know, in a summary after a fact. And it doesn't just have to be your department. You might be able to, like, the worst case scenario, someone doesn't open an email, but maybe you include others' departments because they might just, they might read that and come up with something different that you that you might not have thought of. Um, or just, again, don't assume that people know what your job function is, especially as a marketer. You don't have to go layers deep of helping everybody understand what SEO is, but I think helping other departments understand how SEO can help and how, you know, writing for a human and having thought leadership coming from somebody else outside of just the marketing team and really tying their knowledge base into what a customer might think can help us be found on Google, for example. So you should never assume that everybody understands your job. You should be continually educating and not, it, it shouldn't be gratuitous. It shouldn't be, hey, look at us. We got a great open rate on our emails. It should be, look at the type of people that are opening our emails. Hey, sales, how can I help you figure out a better, like a sequence to build to, to, to kind of take advantage of the next steps with that? Or, hey, finance, um, here's what we spent, but here's the ROI in that because we built the right attribution to track that. Like 
help walk those types of things through with them because you should never assume that everybody understands what you're doing. And it's it's human nature for someone not to want to look uneducated and ask deeper questions too too much. So again, you might see some head nodding, but you never want to just assume that everyone gets what you're talking about. Um, but you have to show a genuine interest in what they're doing too, because you want to learn their function. Again, you don't have to know it like you have to do it day to day, but you know it enough that you guys can figure out ways to work together. So much that we've talked about here. <laughs> what if there was, you know, like a single takeaway that you wanted people to remember from everything that we've talked about here, what would that be? I would say it's internal marketing has to be intentional, uh, at least from the start. And so, especially with smaller teams, because, you know, you can get into layers of function there, but it has to be intentional. So it's, it's just get started. It's invite a salesperson into your marketing, uh, your weekly marketing call, invite a marketer onto your, um, you know, your, your deal flow, uh, review, review meeting, go take your CFO out to, to coffee and just talk through like, Hey, as you're building a budget, like help me understand some of the areas of concern you have, or can I answer any questions? Um, just get started with like, be the catalyst to start those conversations and, and then try to talk with the C-suite around how do we do, uh, how do we improve upon having cross-departmental communications? How do we think about, can we build some of those lunch and learns in? And here's why, um, it can't just be, you know, here's the idea, but like, again, you have to help them understand why. Let's build some of those functions in. How do we champion internal people? And is that through, again, Slack channel? Is that through emails? Like what other functions can we do? Um, during COVID, the organization I worked for, we, uh, I was two weeks in and all of a sudden COVID hit and we all had to work from home. And this was not a remote company whatsoever. And so quickly, there was a hundred plus employees with a lot of questions and Quickly, we, we, as a leadership team, we decided to, to educate on a daily basis. What we, 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 we got together every morning and said, here's what we know now. And we turned that into a daily email, internal email. And we had every department had list out maybe their top three or four bullets. But then we started to incorporate things like some fun elements to it. Like here's what's going on in the community or here's a funny picture someone shared. So there was a human element to it. It wasn't just strictly business. And when we did our satisfaction surveys, I, it was like off the charts in terms of uh, people thought that that was extremely uh, poignant. It was helpful. It was real. It was honest. It was, it was what we knew now. And, you know, a tool like that was great. And that didn't, it took, it took some work. We had to meet every morning. I had to put it together. Like it, it took work, but it was very valuable. And so something like that, I'm sure there's tools that can help you compile that, but those type of efforts, just get started. Be intentional. Get started at trying to help bridge gaps between departments. And uh, you're going to see some results from it. Fantastic. I mean, it's uh, it's fascinating how much time we don't spend on this <laughs> that we need to because of the big benefits. Um, if, if people had other questions, would it be appropriate that we just give them a link to your profile on LinkedIn? Yeah, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So happy to connect, happy to chat. Um, yeah, happy to answer any questions. Uh, we'd love to. Fantastic. Well, Charlie, thank you very much for coming on and sharing everything that you have today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.